You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever else you may listen to the show. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. That's at Julian Council on Twitter, where every Friday throughout the rest of the preseason, and maybe even throughout the season, we're going to have the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Always love to get your participation and get your thoughts on your Carolina Panthers. So whatever questions that you have on the Carolina Panthers about me, about anything, please never hesitate to ask me those questions, which I'll get to coming up again on Friday. Your Carolina Panthers returned home on Saturday, and they returned to their practice facility right there located on Cedar Street here out in Uptown Charlotte, North Carolina on Monday afternoon. We'll get into some of the practice updates that occurred. Also, I went on Raleigh Radio on Monday afternoon. They asked me an interesting question as it pertains to Sam Darnold, the Carolina Panthers, and how much he's playing in terms of really how little he's played so far in the preseason. And then Robbie Anderson was reported on Saturday that the Panthers are close to an extension with him. What might that mean for other guys who are entering free agency after the 2021 season here with the Carolina Panthers? Let's go ahead and start off, though. With what we saw on Monday afternoon as the Carolina Panthers returned to their practice facility in Uptown Charlotte. Matt Rule giving us an update on Kenny Robinson, who left the game on Saturday evening. The second-year safety out of West Virginia was drafted in the fifth round of the 2020 draft. He will be out one to two weeks with a knee injury, which is a lot better than it could have been, especially considering that the training staff immediately ruled him out of Saturday night's game. And Typically, when that happens, it tends to be a very serious injury, but something that should not keep him out very long. Trenton Cannon and Hassan Reddick were both also out from practice on Monday. Hassan Reddick, mainly more sore from the game. Matt Rule didn't want to call it a veteran day, but he did say that Hassan Reddick was a little sore from Saturday evening's game against the Baltimore Ravens. Sam Franklin, the safety, also was out. Reggie Bonifon, Rodney Smith, two guys who have not spent a lot of time out on the practice field or in preseason games. They have yet to play in the preseason so far for the Carolina Panthers. They were vying for that number two, number three running back spot at this point in time. Chuba Hubbard has a firm grasp on that number two spot. And then after that, I'm not quite sure that Rodney Smith or Reggie Bonifant are going to even make the roster based on the lack of availability that we've seen over the last couple weeks. And another guy who's going to have a tough time making this Carolina Panthers roster is going to be Keith Kirkwood, who still remains limited in practice almost three weeks since he got laid out by the former Panther undrafted free agent rookie safety out of South Carolina, JT Ebay. And I said at the time, Keith Kirkwood, a guy who suffered two injuries last year, two broken collarbones. Um, it was tough to see him get injured again after what he suffered last year, a former New Orleans Saint, a former player for Matt Rule back at Temple, getting the opportunity to come back this year. And he's really not been given much an opportunity as all at all, as clearly DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson will make the roster. David Moore will make the roster. Although, as a punt returner, didn't like what he did there in that second corner, kind of letting that punt go. And a poor decision on his part. 
Terrace Marshall will also make the roster. And at this point in time, you have to believe that Brandon Zilstra and Shai Smith, the rookie draft pick out of South Carolina, will be the other two wide receivers as the Carolina Panthers in likelihood, in all likelihood, are going to be taking six wide receivers in their final 53-man roster. And something that's important to note, too, when it comes to that roster with the cutdown. A.J. Boye, who has barely practiced as well due to his own injuries and is suspended for the first two games of the season, will not count towards the initial 53-man roster. The Panthers, when they do eventually want to activate him, will then have to make a subsequent roster decision in terms of letting someone go. But right now, the Carolina Panthers can can carry more guys than they will, at least one extra guy that they probably would not have made the roster had A.J. Boye you know, not been suspended or been injured over the last couple of weeks. Um, Marquise Haynes, who has a shoulder injury last week, Matt Rule said it shouldn't be anything too serious, should be out one to two weeks. He was back at practice, but on a limited basis, and he will continue to be on a limited basis uh, throughout the rest of the week and probably even going into next week as he tries to rehab from that shoulder injury. Uh, in terms of the starters and who's going to play on Saturday, Matt Rule has said that he wants his starters to play a good half, maybe even less on Friday evening against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Christian McCaffrey, though, will be li- very limited if he plays at all. And for me, when it comes to who should and who shouldn't play in the preseason, I was totally fine with the starters not playing at all week one, except for J.C. Horn, considering that he's a rookie. I get that he's listed as a starter, but the dude has played, I think, eight snaps so far in the preseason, and he's going to be asked to play day one against the New York Jets on September 12th. He's not only going to be asked to play day one, he's going to be asked to be one of your starting corners throughout the 18-week season. If that's going to be the case, and a guy who opted out last season for his own family reasons because of COVID, which I totally understand, he hasn't played that much football over the last 10 months or so. So why not have him out there playing more in the preseason if you're going to rely on him so much? Now, Christian McCaffrey is also a guy who's going to be relied on. He's going to take more hits than anyone on the team. That's something that Matt Rule said on Monday afternoon when talking to the media, and he wants to save his body. And I understand that completely for the preseason. When it comes to the actual season, give McCaffrey the ball as much as possible, whatever it takes to win football games. I'm not concerned about Christian McCaffrey being healthy in week 12 of the 2024 season. I want to see him out there touching the ball as much as possible in 2021 and doing whatever he can to help this team win a football game. I'm not really concerned about his longevity based on the fact that really outside of last year, he's never missed significant time in his football playing career dating back to his years at Stanford in college and even dating back to his time in suburban Denver as a high school football player. I'm not worried about Christian McCaffrey and whether he can hold up at all. And I know that was one of the concerns coming into the draft, not to be concerned based off of what happened to him last season. For the most part, those two injuries, the ankle and the shoulder, which is, that's football, dumb luck. The groin, probably him working a little bit too hard to come back, which then left him out for the rest of the season. But Christian McCaffrey, I don't need to see him at all this preseason. Now, the rest of the starters, Sam Darnold in particular, that's someone I definitely do want to see with the Carolina Panthers. want to get into that in just a moment as I was asked an interesting question on Raleigh Sports Radio about the Panthers and them not playing Sam Darnold that much in the preseason. Some other updates, roster cuts coming up today, 4 p.m. The Carolina Panthers are going to go from 85 to 80 guys. The final roster cut down and the most significant one will be next Tuesday, um, August 31st, 4 p.m. once again as the Panthers will get down to their initial 53-man roster where they won't be done in all likelihood based on what Scott Federer has said, what Matt Rule did last year when he had Marty Herney as the GM and bringing in other guys, in particular Rasul Douglas, who ended up being a key contributor for the team in 2020. 
Matt Rule also did not want to comment on whether they're going to bring in competition for Joey Sly. He did say there will be some moves, obviously, that are going to happen later on today at 4 p.m. Might one of those moves, after they cut some guys, maybe they get down to 79 and add a kicker to add some competition as Joey Sly needs to prove himself coming up here on Friday as he was not good again on Saturday evening. He missed another kick in Indianapolis the week prior. And you just go off the, the past two seasons of what he's done and you look at the Panthers' past kicker decisions to let um, Graham Gano go to New York and how well he performed last year. And even dating further back from there, look at Harrison Bucker and what he's done with the Kansas City Chiefs where they have stability at that position. The Carolina Panthers do not. Joey Sly, he's up against the wall and he needs to figure things out. Backup quarterback is still up in the air as well as Matt Rule is not willing to commit either way. I saw Joe Person of The Athletic. He was doing a kind of 53-man roster breakdown 2.0 for him. And he had all three quarterbacks, P.J. Walker, Sam Darnold, of course, and Will Greer making the initial 53-man roster. I already told you all in the last episode after seeing what Will Greer did on Saturday night, either I want to see him, if he gets waived, be able to stay on the practice squad, or the Carolina Panthers, like what they did with Greg Little, go out there and get something for a player that they are not going to keep on the roster long term. So we'll see how that plays out Friday night as it will be a big second half for P.J. Walker and Will Greer, respectively, as they try to earn a number two job here behind Sam Darnold at the quarterback position for the Carolina Panthers. Speaking of Sam Darnold, he has not played that much in the preseason. Are the Carolina Panthers potentially hiding Sam Darnold? That was a question that was asked me on Raleigh Sports Radio on Monday. I'll get to that in just a moment. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which means you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. From football, baseball, boxing, right to your favorite casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, promo code Locked On. So on Monday afternoon, I went on with my guys, Joe Ovius and Joe Gilio, the OG. They host the afternoon sports talk drive show on 99 to Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina, the capital city of this great state. And I was asked an interesting question during my visit with them. Joe Ovius, to be particular, if you guys want to go yell at him on Twitter, which please, I always tell you, go yell at Joe Ovius and anyone you want to yell at, as long as it's not me. Um, go ahead and do that if you want. But really, you know, be nice. Don't do that. He asked me, are the Carolina Panthers hiding Sam Darnold? Which I found to be an interesting observation and question. Do I believe the Panthers are hiding, hiding Sam Darnold? Yes and no. So let's go back to week one. Matt Rule made it pretty clear 
right after the joint practice with the Colts that the starters got 50 to 60 reps and pretty much they saw all they needed to see from two very physical joint practices with a team that was in the playoffs last year and that his team he felt improved after they got back on Monday following the preseason game on Sunday that he really felt that they improved remarkably from the time they landed in Indianapolis to the time they came back to Charlotte, North Carolina, or I guess Spartanburg as well. And considering that the offensive starters didn't play week one and the defensive starters didn't play week one and JC Horn included, I can't really say that Matt Rule tried to hide Sam Darnold. Let's also bring into account that Cam Irving, the starting left tackle as of right now for the Carolina Panthers, was out and limited during practice all week. So he probably wasn't going to play on Sunday. There's no reason for him to play if he's not 100%. It's the preseason. Matt Paradis, also the starting center, had back soreness and tightness, and he was out and limited throughout the week of practice. And it's preseason, so if he's not 100%, there's no reason for him to go out there and to play. So week one, no, Carolina was not hiding Sam Darnold at all. So week one of the preseason, it's not like even in traditional years where they had four preseason games, or I guess in the past, um, not traditional because it's no longer a tradition, but either way, um, Sam Darnold would not have played at all, if any, maybe a series in that game. Now, week two, though, was, I guess, a little bit more interesting as I was of, of the belief that Sam Darnold likely wasn't going to play because what was the difference in the situations from the week prior? You still had offensive linemen that were a little banged up as Dennis Daly had to start in place of John Miller at right guard as he started that game on Saturday evening. You also had situations where your top two wide receivers, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, both exited practice day two of joint practice with the Ravens, to be specific, on Thursday due to injury with hamstring. At least Robbie Anderson didn't even practice at all for, the, I think, those two days. DJ Moore, he hurt his back. He didn't practice. And then you hear reports um, Saturday that neither of those two guys, including CMC, Christian McCaffrey, were expected to play. So if you don't have your top three offensive weapons out there and you're missing a starting offensive lineman, what's the point of playing Sam Darnold? Now, I agree that Sam Darnold needs to play a, a significant amount on Friday evening considering how he's looked in his first three seasons in the NFL. I saw all the jokes out there on Twitter about, oh, Sam Darnold good enough to not play in the preseason. Well, you know... There, there's other philosophies that some teams have. Sean McVay has Matt Stafford, who's new to his system, and he's not having played in the preseason at all. That was the same case with Jared Goff. And you could ask, is Jared Goff good enough to not play in the preseason? I would say no. He's been playing for Detroit in the preseason, but in L.A. with Sean McVay, that's just McVay's philosophy. Brandon Staley, who was McVay's D.C. last year in L.A., he's now still in L.A. with the Chargers, he's deciding not to play Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had a very good rookie season, but has Justin Herbert earned the right to not play at all in the preseason? I don't know. It's just kind of depending on how the coach looks at it. Now, this is not a coach here in Carolina who never wants to play his quarterback in the preseason. And it's not just like those two guys in Staley and McVay uh, don't want to play their quarterback. They don't want to play really any of their, their starting players. Like Keenan Allen, he's not playing for the Chargers. Austin Eckler is not playing. Derwin James. They're not going to waste any, they're not even going to risk those guys getting injured. And we've already seen here in Carolina how a season got derailed back in 2019 because of week three in the preseason and Cam Newton hurting his foot. It looked all well and good for a little bit there with Kyle Allen, especially after that London trouncing of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But at the end of the day, we found out why Kyle Allen, a guy who was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, who went to AM, then transferred after he lost out to Kyler Murray, then he goes to Houston, and he couldn't even beat out a guy named Kyle Postma and Derek King, who's still playing college football at the University of Miami. We find out why that dude goes from five-star recruit to not drafted at all. 
because he wasn't a very good football player. So why potentially risk your starting quarterback going out there and getting injured? So are they hiding him? Yes and no. Yes, they're hiding him and protecting him from potential injury. There's also a part of it of, are they trying to maintain that potentially fragile confidence that he has after what he endured in New York? And I would say probably yes. Why would you want to put him out there with out CMC, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore. Now, Robbie obviously played. His one completion did go to Robbie Anderson for 16 yards, which was great to see. Then again, if they're not going to play, what's the point of throwing your quarterback out there if he's not going to have a situation where he looks good and he's able to be with his A1 guys? That's just the way I kind of look at it. I also believe that he needs to play and that throughout the season, especially on the offensive line, whether it's based off of performance or injury, there is going to come a time where Cam Irving might be out or Taylor Moten might be out or Dennis Daly, um, John Miller, Matt Perry, any of those guys. It's going to be a mixed match of guys on the offensive line. As we've seen over the last couple of years in Carolina, it's been like that for every single quarterback, whether it's been Cam, whether it's been Kyle Allen, or it's even been Taylor Heineke, uh, PJ Walker, Teddy Bridgewater, they get all sorts of combinations on the offensive line based off of injury and based off of who is playing well or not playing well at that point in time. So are the Carolina Panthers hiding Sam Darnold? The answer, I think, is probably mainly no. But yes, to a certain extent, they are. Confidence is going to be huge for Sam Darnold. Something I've talked about on this podcast extensively throughout the time the Carolina Panthers, since they brought him in prior to the draft this past spring. The situation is not going to be perfect at all. But wanting to put him in a good situation to succeed in getting those controlled environment reps against the Colts and against the Ravens over the last two weeks, I think those are far more important than Sam Darnold going out there and playing seven snaps of a preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens, who aren't even playing all of their starting players. Now, on Friday night against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's probably going to go out there and play a decent amount of starters. I want to see Sam Darnold play a lot, and I want to get some at least understanding of how far he's come along since coming to Carolina with OTAs and mandatory minicamp and throughout the rest of, of training camp and now into the last game of the preseason. Let's get at least some sort of look at the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers and allow him to build a rapport with these guys and actual live game reps. And I also want to see what the offensive line looks like. And in terms of that, how does Sam Donald respond if the offensive line going up against a Pittsburgh team, that's going to have some dudes coming at him. If he can handle the pressure and he doesn't have the happy feet and he's not doing the Halloween stuff to steal something from Steve Smith, that's what I'm really interested to see more of Sam Darnold. I don't think the Panthers necessarily are hiding him, but they are definitely trying to make sure the situation he steps out there on the field in the preseason is the most advantageous for him and for the team as they continue to evaluate to find out which guy should be a part of the 53-man roster that will be finalized next Tuesday afternoon. Now, something that also might be finalized here in the next upcoming week is Robbie Anderson's multi-year extension with the Carolina Panthers. Joe Person of The Athletic reported on that on Saturday that Robbie Anderson likely to stay here in Carolina for the next couple seasons. What does that mean for guys like Dante Jackson, Hassan Reddick, Jermaine Carter, Ian Thomas, Justin Burris, Daquan Jones, Marquise Haynes, all free agents coming up here in a 2022 offseason. What's going to mean to them? And will they be able to stay as Carolina Panthers? I'll get into that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers on makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto chain parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. 
Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. As reported by Joe Person from The Athletic on Saturday evening, the Panthers are nearing a multi-year extension with wide receiver Robbie Anderson. Anderson signed a two-year $20 million contract with the Panthers last March that included $12 million in guaranteed money, all of which that came in his first year. So he's getting $8 million on the roster, being on the roster this season. The Panthers currently have the league's third most salary cap at $24.7 million, according to NFLPA database and that comes after the Panthers signed Taylor Moten to a monster extension that will keep him in Carolina for the next five seasons as their starting right tackle and maybe if need be as their starting left tackle of the future we'll see how that plays out as the Cam Irving experiment experiment continues to go on today um or this season okay so here's the interesting thing about the Robbie Anderson deal so I've had the conversation with you guys, and if you've been listening loyally, which I appreciate, we had another huge week here on Locked On Panthers last week, which I think is awesome, especially with the middle of the preseason and the season coming up. I'm really excited to be able to share more content with you guys, and I love the numbers, amount of people that are participating every Friday, and the amount of people are listening to the show. Like seriously, humbled by it. Really appreciate y'all. Even if you don't like me, I appreciate you listening anyway. We might not always agree, but hey, we can have a civil discourse, and you guys can always comment, tweet at me, all that kind of stuff. But I've had the conversation where with Robbie Anderson, I've felt for the most part, this is likely his last year in Carolina. I look at Terrace Marshall and how he played at LSU where he was a touchdown machine. I don't know if Joe Brady, who is another guy I think is probably gone and not long for here. He's definitely not long for here in Carolina, but he might be gone after this year, especially after the amount of head coaching interviews that he had last year. And now the NFL basically makes up their mind on who are kind of the next up and coming off its minds and who they want to hire that upcoming cycle. Like, I think he's getting an opportunity to be a head coach in 2022 for NFL franchise if that's what he wants to do. Or he could stay here in Carolina. But Terrace Marshall played in Joe Brady's system, was highly successful at LSU, would have been a first-round pick had he not had that knee issue. The Panthers looked at the medicals, felt good about it, had a first-round grade on him, got him in the second round, which I think is awesome. And when I saw that, and I looked at the fact that they already paid Christian McCaffrey, they had to pay Taylor Moten, which has already happened now, and that DJ Moore, in all likelihood, after they picked up his fifth-year option, is going to be extended here in Carolina. And he's a guy who said on Steve Smith's Cut to It podcast that he wants to stay here for a long time. And it meant a lot to him that the Carolina Panthers are going to give him $11 million next season in his fifth year as a pro, that he is someone who's going to stay. And the way I look at wide receivers, the philosophy is you're not going to pay three guys big money. You're only going to pay two guys big money. Like when I look at the Rams with McVay and what they have there with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and they used to have Brandon Cooks. They could not have all three. It just in the salary cap league, especially with the caps out right now with the pandemic going on and all the money and revenue lost last year, you're just not going to pay two wide receivers. You already have Chris McCaffrey, who's getting Buku as a running back and also as potentially your number one receiving option out of the back, not just out of the backfield, but period. DJ Moore, your number one wide receiver, but number two, receiving option, and then maybe one, you can say they're a 1A, 1B, however you want to look at it. Those two guys are definitely dudes that you want to keep here in Carolina long term. When you draft Terrace Marshall, and he has the size and the speed 
The hands have been touch and go there in training camp, but when the lights are on, like you saw on Saturday and last Sunday, you know the guy's going to go out there and he's going to make plays. So when you have those three and one of them's on a rookie contract and there are other needs out there, which one of them's been addressed and needs coming down the pike when it comes to Brian Burns, who's going to have his fifth-year option picked up here coming up in this upcoming offseason, can you afford to keep a guy like Robbie Anderson? And do you want to? If Robbie Anderson has another 1,000-yard receiving season, my thought was just like, okay, if they don't get this deal done now, he's going to go to free agency where the only time he's really been able to make big money was two years ago, or I guess last offseason, back in 2020, where he got a $12 million guaranteed deal for $20 million overall, and he's going to get all $20 million of those dollars um, since he's going to be on the roster. But that's it. $20 million for you and I obviously is a ton of money. And it's kind of weird when I've just been following sports and kind of looking at contracts and trying to understand it as best I can, that when I look at $20 million from a football standpoint, I just don't look at that as any money at all. Now, from a real world perspective, um, where a lot of us are living paycheck for t- paycheck, yeah, that's a, that's a life-changing money. Now, obviously, it's life-changing money for Robbie Anderson. But he only has a finite amount of time as a, as a foot player in the National Football League, you know, the whole not for long be able to cash out on his talent. And nearing the age of 30, this is his opportunity. So I'm very curious to see what the Carolina Panthers are going to do in in terms of that. Like Curtis Samuel, that's a guy that they wanted to keep. Samir Suleiman, the cap guy, said to Darren Gant of Panthers.com in an article they were looking at free agency earlier this year that for the Carolina Panthers, when it came to Taylor Moten and Curtis Samuel, they could keep one, they couldn't keep both. They could absolutely keep Moten because of the franchise tag, and eventually they were able to extend him, but they were not going to be able to pay Curtis Samuel the amount of money that he made by going to the Washington football team and playing for Ron Rivera. Now, with the salary cap, the space that they have right now, it's interesting to see that Robbie Anderson is going to get this extension, which I think is great for him, great for the team. I love to have some continuity. I love what Robbie Anderson provided to the team last season. He did taper off a little bit there towards the end of last season, but that's also in part because Teddy Bridgewater just was not very good at all in the second half of the season. After he looked good for the first couple of weeks, and Robbie Anderson also looked awesome, and he had a career year throughout the season, but DJ Morris. Touchdown totals weren't great, and we already know how things ended in the last two minutes of games and also in the red zone. I'm, I'm down with Robbie Anderson being here in Carolina, and especially if that's going to mean that you're going to have him, DJ, Christian locked up likely for the foreseeable future, and then you got four years of Terrace Marshall making, I think he's making $6 million over the next four seasons. I'm a fan of that absolutely for a salary cap league. Now, what does it mean for everyone else, though? Like DJ's next in line for an extension, it's going to happen. Person was reporting that the Panthers, at least he wrote in his article, I don't know how much of a report it was, but the Panthers are looking to get a deal with him done next offseason. And then offseason after that in 2023, that's when they would probably be looking to get a deal done with Brian Burns, as he'll be the next in line after that. Is Sam Darnold also possibly, depending on how he performs this year, he's getting $18.8 million next year. That's fully guaranteed, whether he's a Panther or if he's in the NFL at all or he's on another roster. He's getting $18.8 million. And in the grand scheme of things, with what he's making this year with the four, the Panthers are only paying him, if he's here this year and next year, $22 million over two years, which $11 million for a quarterback over two seasons, or $12 million, I guess, for a quarterback over two seasons. Or Yeah, 11. I, just bad at math. That's clearly, that's not that much money. Especially when Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to get 20 per season on average, had he played the length of his three-year deal that he signed here in Carolina. It's a huge bargain, particularly if Sam Darnold turns out to be the right guy. But there is... 
a universe, which might be the one that we live in, where Sam Darnold is awesome this year, NFL Comeback Player of the Year, leads the team to the, to the playoffs, and where the Carolina Panthers have no choice but to go ahead and extend him. That could be the scenario. If that happens, then do you have money for guys like Dante Jackson, who's entering his fourth year? Dante has yet to prove here in Carolina that he can be a... I mean, when he's been healthy, I think for the most, at least last year when he was healthy, he's proven that he can be a solid, at least he showed in a way that he could be a solid um, starting corner. Is he ever going to be a number one corner in this league? I don't see that happening. That's why they brought in J.C. Horn, of course. But they brought in J.C. Horn to start opposite of Dante Jackson. So I think this coaching staff likes him. It's just, are they going to have the capital and the money to be able to spend to keep Dante Jackson here? Or is Dante Jackson going to show that he should be here in Carolina? His rookie year was uncoachable, had the interceptions, but there was issues there. Second year. He gets benched in Indianapolis, which is a ridiculous move by the interim head coach and Perry Fuel. But then again, we saw just up and down moments where he's getting beaten coverage and being hard to coach. Last season would have been a great season, I thought, for Dante had he stayed healthy, but that was not the case. This year is kind of a do-or-die year for Dante Jackson, and I'm not quite sure that he will be here in Carolina past the season. I do think he's a breakout candidate for the Panthers, considering that J.C. Horn is here and A.J. Boyer is also here. Boyer, excuse me, is also here to take off some of the pressure that he might have faced. Over the last couple of seasons, as a guy who had to start from day one out of LSU as a second-round corner. So we'll see how that works out. Hassan Reddick came with a bargain. One year, $6 million, potentially eight based off of incentives. You want to pay Brian Burns later on. Can you afford to pay another top-edge rusher if Hassan Reddick repeats what he did last season in Arizona? That's going to be difficult. Daquan Jones, who's going to be a key piece of this defense as a defensive tackle playing next to Derrick Brown. They have some guys that they've drafted over the last couple of years, obviously in Bravion Roy. They also drafted Phil Hoskins in the seventh round, but right now, looking at the roster projections, he's likely not going to make it. So they could use Daquan Jones, who is still on the right side of 30, but getting there if he turns out to be another solid option for them and he performs the way he performed in Tennessee. So there's complications there. Justin Burris, going to be the starting safety. I think this team really likes what they've seen out of Kenny Robinson this uh, preseason so far. It's Sean Chandler, Sam Franklin, those are two young guys who have ties to rule that have also looked pretty good in training camp and in the preseason game. So is Justin Burris going to end up being the starting safety pass this season in Carolina or they go draft someone, Ian Thomas. I think his days obviously are numbered here in Carolina. I can't see him making much of an impact now with Dan Arnold's here and you already got Tommy Trimble. So he's probably gone. So you don't have to worry about that. Marquise Haynes, four sacks last year has looked pretty good so far in the preseason, especially against the Colts and in training camp has an injury right now. Where is their money for Marquise Haynes to come back and be uh, a depth piece at defensive uh, and an edge rusher? Jermaine Carter Jr. right now is the top of the depth chart at middle linebacker. He's right next to Shaq Thompson, Hassan Reddick there. Denzel Perryman, who knows what his deal is with the injury that he's had, the soft tissue injury that's kept him out for the last couple of weeks. If Jermaine Carter Jr. has a big season and Will and, um. Sorry, Steve Smith, not Will Smith. I don't know where that came from. Steve Smith said on Saturday night during the telecast that this guy has a chance to be one of the future leaders of this defense. He's not He's like, I'm, he's not Thomas Davis or Luke Keekley, but he has a chance to be a guy right there in the middle that you can depend on. If he proves to be that this year after being in the doghouse for the first part of last season with Matt Rule, you're going to have to pay him. So paying Robbie Anderson is all well and good. I'm, I'm with it. I'm just letting you all know that there are other decisions that are going to be difficult that have to be made coming up in free agency with the Carolina Panthers and not knowing how much the cap is going to go up after this upcoming season. Now, the Hughes TV deal, that's all well and good and great for the NFL and for all the owners and eventually for the players, but that money does not come back to the players for a couple of seasons where they're still going to be impacted by the lost revenue 
of the 2020 season because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And the Carolina Panthers are going to have some tough decisions to make in this coming offseason. But we have football right now, so let's not get too concerned about that. Just want to take a little quick look ahead as Carolina Panthers are likely going to extend Robbie Anderson sometime this week or in the near future. All right, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you can get the show. Um, also, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday throughout the rest of the preseason, I'll be answering your questions on our weekly Friday mailbag. Might change the date once we get in season, but I'm kind of liking the Friday, so maybe I'll just keep it at Friday as it's kind of been tradition here on the podcast since I've taken over again. We had an awesome week last week in terms of listeners. Um, and I really appreciate you guys who've been sticking with me and folks that who used to listen to the show and have come back to listen to the show with me as the host. I really appreciate that. And I continue to try and give you the best perspective I can. I'm never, I'm never going to be a homer with the Carolina Panthers. When I think things are great, like the defense, I'm going to tell you they're great. When I think things are bad, like the offensive line, I'm going to tell you they're bad. When I'm skeptical, like with Sam Darnold, I'm going to be honest with you. So you always get honesty from me. You might not like my perspective all the time. You might not like me, but either way, if you're listening, I appreciate you doing that. And I appreciate the support I get from all of y'all. So again, thank you so much. And I will talk to you tomorrow.